Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio. You know, there's this guy who's coming around me. Or there's this lady that um, I, I think I like her. You know, I, I, but I want your best. I want your highest. Spirit of God, I trust you to help me pray out the perfect will of God. And start praying in tongues about it. If the person is not God's will for you, sometimes all you're saying in tongues is, God, what's even wrong with this, my head? Eh? Why will I like that person? I, desire, die. Desire, die. May the relationship scatter, 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 scatter. I scatter you in the name of... That's what you're doing. And then somehow, unexplainably, it just scatters. Yeah, you prayed it out. Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio with Reverend Talks and Akuna Dejumo. Right now, here's Reverend Talks with today's message. Well, we began to uh, look at the subject of tongues. And um, I'll just read from our text, Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. Jesus said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. So one of the signs that Jesus said will accompany believing ones is that they will speak with new tongues. So we started looking at this and we're just going to uh, review some of the things we said and we'll push it further. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to study your word. Thank you for the spirit of truth who's our guide. We trust it will open up the word to our spirits and we won't be hearers of the word alone, but we'll be doers of the same. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than ye all. So if Paul spoke in tongues more than the Corinthian church, he must have done a tremendous volume of speaking in tongues. And you know, somebody could say, when Paul said that, he was talking about spending quality time. You know, some people say that length of time in prayer is not important. It's about spending quality time. I can spend five minutes, quality and my five minutes can be better than your five hours. Well, was that what Paul was talking about? Let's check. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet in the church, verse 19, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Now, don't take this out of his context. Paul was simply saying here that tongues is primarily a devotional gift. If I came to this a meeting now, and I started talking in tongues. I'll be getting edified at everybody's expense. I'll be getting edified. Nobody else will be getting edified other than me. So Paul is saying, when I come to a public assembly, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding so that by my voice I might teach others than speak 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Right. So when he said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all, he now began to talk about five words and 10,000 words. So, he's not just talking about quality. He's also talking about quantity. Amen. So, let's take time. Paul took a lot of time to pray in other tongues. And I'll advise any believer the same thing. Now, something happened to me. Um, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. April. April the 4th. Which was a Wednesday of 1984. Now, how did I get filled with the Holy Ghost? I prayed by myself. I was in my bedroom. I read a book on why believers should speak in tongues. And I could see from God's word. Actually, this particular verse, Mark 16, 17, you know, was the one that the Spirit of God used to get me to see it, to bring faith to my heart for the baptism in the Holy Ghost. So I opened my Bible, Mark 11, 23 and 24. 
Mark 16, 17. I read it out by myself. And I just said, Father, thank you for the Holy Ghost. I believe that I receive the Holy Ghost right now. And I begin to speak in tongues now in Jesus' name. And I blotted out in tongues, you know. And that's how I got filled. Now, um, after my baptism in the Holy Ghost, same as being filled with the Holy Ghost, I just, I discovered that I just seemed to have a compulsion on the inside. My spirit just compelled me. My spirit compelled me to speak in tongues every time. Just a compulsion on the inside. And I, I learned to listen to my spirit and to obey my spirit. So I took up that compulsion. I didn't even know why, you know, but there was just a compulsion from my spirit to speak in tongues every time. So this is what I decided to do, that if I'm not eating, if I'm not sleeping, if I'm not talking with someone, if I'm not doing something that involves my mouth, I want to be praying. I want to spend time speaking in tongues. Now, we know that there's quiet time or devotional time when you shut everything else and you're not doing any other thing other than seeking God in his word, in prayer, in praise, in worship. There's devotional time. But in addition to my devotional time, devotional time, I shut everything and I just spend time, quality time in the word. But then I also discovered that in addition to that time, I can actually be talking in tongues driving my car. I can actually be talking in tongues under the shower. I can actually be talking in tongues watching TV. You know, remember 1 Corinthians 14, 2. The Bible says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So when I am speaking in tongues, I'm fellowshipping with the Father. I'm having a heart-to-heart conversation with him. I'm praying out the mystery of his plans, of his purposes. Amen. Things that need to be prayed for, that my mind may not be aware of. The Spirit of God is praying them out. And you know, one other thing about it is this. If you pray more in tongues, you're going to become keen in the Spirit. The ability to be led by the Holy Spirit becomes sharper with people who pray more in tongues. The ability to flow in the gifts of the Spirit becomes sharper, becomes sharper with people who pray more in tongues. You become more susceptible, not only to your own spirit, but also to the things of the Spirit of God. Amen. It'll do anybody a world of good. Now, why did my spirit compel me to do that? I don't know. But I just know I should listen to my spirit, and I should let my spirit dominate me. So I began to do that. Amen. And of course, there are times I'm in a place, I don't want to be a nuisance. So there are times I could just put my mouth, hand around my mouth, you won't know, but I'm just really trying to distract you so you don't notice, you know, that my mouth is actually moving. So I'm talking in tongues quietly under my breath. Remember Anna, when um, uh, the Bible talked about Eli saw her when she was praying, her, ma- her lips moved, but they didn't hear any sound. So it was under her breath. And I remember in Brother Higgins' book, Out of Prayer, was talking about the fact that you can pray in tongues quietly under your breath. And it's just as effective as when you pray loud. You know, one thing I've also seen is people who shout when they pray don't pray much. Because the truth is that you can't pray much shouting. You lose your voice. So if you always shout when you are praying, you don't pray much. I know that. Now, are there times you're praying and the prayer gets intense? Yes. There's a place of fervency in prayer. But you know, 
When we pray in tongues, we're simply conversing with our Father. We're simply talking things over with Him. And we're also listening on the inside for Him to talk with us. Because prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. Yeah, we began to look at what are the benefits of speaking in tongues. We said, number one, it's the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We saw that from Acts 2 4, from Acts 10 46, also from Acts 19 6. When people get filled with the Holy Ghost, they will begin to speak in other tongues in this dispensation. Can somebody be filled with the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues? Yes. In the Old Testament, Bezalel and Ahulab, John the Baptist, you know, Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. You know, those guys are full of the Holy Ghost, but they didn't speak in tongues. However, from the day of Pentecost, in this New Testament dispensation, every single time a person gets filled with the Holy Ghost, he speaks in other tongues. It's the initial physical evidence. Now, the Holy Ghost is in tongues, and tongues isn't the Holy Ghost. But speaking in tongues goes together with being filled with the Holy Ghost. Then we said, number two, that it's a means of spiritual edification. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He charges up himself like a battery. He builds up himself. I charged my phone this morning. I like to charge my phones, keep them at 100%, you know, before I start the day. Because you might not be able to charge it. And then, depending on the activity you have, the charge begins to get dissipated. In the same way, as we live the Christian life, face challenges, face situations, you know, uh, have to stand our ground against the devil, uh, do the word of God, uh, serve in whatever capacity we are serving in the work of God, we begin to dissipate spiritual energy. See, the only self-sustaining spirit that there is, is God. That's the only self-sustaining spirit. Any other spirit has to be dependent on God or the devil. Amen. And the devil is not self-sustaining either. He can't create. He can only destroy and pervert. But we, we have the Holy Ghost in our spirits. So we draw, our spirits are recreated, our spirits are reborn, and we can appropriate his presence on the inside of us. We can appropriate his power and just plug into that host. Amen. And charge up our spiritual batteries so that we're up to pass spiritually. Now, you may have a lot of credit on your phone. If the charge on your phone is low, you're not going to make a call. You're not going to send a text message. Well, you might be able to do a WhatsApp, but there's a message. That's if you had enough data to have loaded data. But you know, there's a place your charge, your phone charge will get to that you won't be able to do anything. The phone won't even come on. Amen. Regardless of how much credit you have on it. In the same way, we need to put God's word inside us. But in addition to be, being word people, we need to be Holy Ghost people as well and be spiritually charged. You know, some people know the word. They're endeavoring to do the word. But because their spiritual charge is minimal, they're still having trouble, amen, uh, in their walk with God. Charge up your spiritual battery. Praise God. It builds us up. We're able to communicate supernaturally with the Father when we pray in other tongues. And the third thing we said... We said, speaking in tongues reminds us of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We saw from 1 Corinthians 3.16, 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 20, 2 Corinthians 6.16, 1 John 4.4, you know, that when we pray in tongues, we are reminded of the presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside. We 
are able to be conscious of his indwelling. And if you're conscious of the fact that the Holy One lives in you, you live holy. If you're conscious of the fact that the Almighty God is in you, you'll be fearless. You'll be bold. Amen. So we need to stay conscious of his indwelling presence. Stay conscious of his indwelling. It's going to affect the way we live. Well, the fourth, I mentioned the fourth last week because I wanted to round uh, that up on that note. But the fourth I'm going to mention is this. When we pray in other tongues, Romans 8, 26 and 27. Let's go there. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. You know, sometimes just quoting some of these things to do people an injustice. And like I said, the more you know about tongues, the more you will get out of it. Two people can spend the same amount of time praying in tongues. And one gets more out of it than the other. Because he mixes more faith with what he is doing based on revelation. And then when you don't really understand, the devil can talk you out of it. Circumstances can talk you out of it. When you don't know the value that is in it, you may think, well, is it really worth it? But when you know the, that there's tremendous value in it, they will have to beg you that you don't do. You know, I don't do. Why are you talking in tongues as if it's about to get out of fashion? You tell them it's about to get out of fashion. No? You know, tongues will cease. So before tongues cease, let's do the best of it so that when you get to heaven, you know, some people, they've eaten chicken so much that when they see chicken and chicken sees them, chicken say, ah, ah, you chop chicken. You know, talk in tongues until if it were possible for tongues to see you and say, sure, you spoke in me. Amen. Do a tremendous amount of praying in other tongues. It's of great value. Now, Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we shall pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself, or as imagine says himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, 27 says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to to the will of God. Now, this verse 26 that says, with groanings which cannot be uttered, P.C. Nelson said that the literal Greek text actually says, with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. And that that will actually also include tongues. Now, notice that Romans 8, 26 doesn't say, we know not what to pray for as we ought. You know what to pray for. If you are sick, you know what to pray for. Healing. If you are broke, you know what to pray for. Money. This verse doesn't say we don't know what to pray for. Notice, and then the Bible also tells us some things to pray for. The first, very first time prayer is mentioned in the New Testament. The very first instruction Jesus ever gave our prayer was that we should pray for our enemies. And that's instructive. So we know what to pray for. We know to pray for our nation. We know to pray for people in government. We know to pray for our needs. We know that. But this doesn't say we don't know what to pray for. Notice it also doesn't say we know not how to pray. We know how to pray. How do we pray? John 16, 23 and 24. You know, those two verses tell us how to pray. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But you see, Romans 8, 26 says, we know not what to pray for as we ought. We know not what to pray for as we ought. Sometimes you don't know all the details that surround a certain matter. When we pray in other tongues, we're able to pray in line with God's perfect will. You know, there are times you can ask God for things that are not necessarily his best for you, and you can get them. And he'll give you. 
but they're not his best. And you can get it. And after you get it, it becomes a problem for you. Yeah. You say, really? Yeah, I know. First John 5, 14 and 15. The Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So God's word is God's will. Yeah, there are certain things, they are not contrary to God's word, but they are not just God's best for you. And because you have God's word to ask, and they are in line with God's general counsel in that sense, you may ask. I'll give an example. Israel said they wanted a king. God wanted to be their king. They said they wanted to be like the other nations. Well, they asked. All right, God gave them Saul. And they had a king. But they had trouble in their hands. Isn't it? So there may be certain things that we we can actually pray ourselves out of God's plan for our lives. And we can get God to give us things that are not his best. Just praying in our understanding. But you know what? When we pray in other tongues, this is eradicated. This is eradicated. Amen. It's taken out. It's taken out. We're able to pray the perfect will of God. We're able to pray the perfect mind of God. And notice it talks about intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, there's sometimes, most times I just pray in tongues and that's fine. But sometimes the Spirit of God may roll a prayer burden and then we begin to groan. Now, can you groan at will? You can't. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 66, verses 7 and 8, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. God said, shall he bring to the time of birth and then shut the womb? No, he won't. Now, a lady cannot just decide to go into labor when she wants. She needs to be pregnant. And then the pregnancy needs to have come to term. And then, then it's the time for delivery. In Galatians 4.19, Paul said, my little children, of whom I travail again in birth, until Christ be formed in you. That tells us that Paul travailed in birth for them to be saved in the first place. After they got saved, he needed to travail again so that Christ be formed in them. You know, sometimes some Christians need some traveling. They need some prayer so that they can do God's will. You know, some folks, they have dullness of perception. Sinners, sometimes, they have things that are hindering them from hearing the gospel from responding to the gospel that we may not be aware of in our understanding. But you see, when we pray in other tongues, we're praying the perfect will of God. Verse 27 says, He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Now, who is this person who searches the hearts? God searches the hearts. God who searches the hearts. He knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because the, the, the Holy Spirit is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, imagine that I'm going to take an exam. Hmm? I'm going to take an exam. And this exam that I'm going to take, I'm the one that taught the course. And not just that I'm the one that taught the course, I'm the one that designed the curriculum of the course that I'm going to take its exam. And I'm the one that set the exam questions of the exam that I'm going to take. And I'm the one that set the marking scheme of the exam I'm going to take, of the course that I taught, of the syllabus that I put together, And I'm also the one who's going to mark it. You know? Of course, you know I'll get 100%, right? Because I'm the one taking the course of the exam that I taught, and I'm the one who's also marking it. Listen, when we pray in other tongues, God, who is the one who is going to answer the prayer, is the one who is helping us to pray. 
about what he knows we should pray about to get us to pray that thing to himself. Do you think he will know how to get the job done? He sure does. He sure does. So sometimes when I'm going to pray like this, God the Holy Spirit, of course, is the one helping us to communicate with the Father in the name of the Son. Now, when I'm going to pray like this, or I take up an issue, I pray to the extent that I have knowledge. I go to the Father and say, Father, I'm praying about such and such a situation. Well, this is what your word says about it. This is what your word says about it. These are the facts that I know. I pray, oh God, that your plan prevail, your will come to pass. Then I tell him, Father, I pray as I know how to in my understanding. Spirit of God, I trust you to give me your utterance to pray the perfect will of God concerning this matter in Jesus' name. So once I've said that, I then switch over into tongues and I begin to pray in other tongues. Now, sometimes when you have a prayer burden like that, keep praying until the burden lifts. Or sometimes when you're praying concerning a situation. Now, different kinds of prayers have different rules. A prayer of faith, you pray about the thing once and you believe you receive when you pray. But when you're praying in the spirit, for instance, about a certain matter, there are times you may need to keep praying until you get the note of victory on the inside. Until you get the note of victory on the inside. Amen. So you keep praying until you get the note of victory. Sometimes you get it in five minutes. Sometimes you get it in ten minutes. Sometimes you don't get it in ten hours. Sometimes you don't get it in six months. And you keep praying hours every day for six months. And you haven't still prayed it through. What do you do? You just keep at it. You just keep at it. You just keep at it. Now, let's say we're in a corporate prayer gathering. Hmm? And somebody has a prayer burden. And the person is praying with that prayer burden. Praying out that burden. Sometimes, by just getting close around that person who has that burden, other people can pick it. You know, it's like I want to carry a heavy weight. Stuff that is very heavy. If I'm the only one carrying it, it's going to be much of a struggle for me. I may end up carrying it, but it may take me a longer time. If I have other people helping with me, more people helping with me, we may be able to get it carried in a shorter while. So that happens in corporate prayer many times. So there's something about learning to pray in other tongues and knowing that by so doing, we're able to pray the perfect will of God. Now, let's say you're single. You're thinking of marrying someone. And you're beginning to consider it seriously. Start praying in other tongues. Extra. God, I'm praying about your plans and purposes concerning this issue about marriage. You know, there's this guy who's coming around me. Or there's this lady that um, I, I think I like her. You know, I, I, but I want your best. I want your highest. Spirit of God, I trust you to help me pray out the perfect will of God. And start praying in tongues about it. If the person is not God's will for you, Sometimes all you're saying in tongues is, God, what's even wrong with this, my head? Eh? Why will I like that person? I, desire, die. Desire, die. May the relationship scatter, 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 scatter. I scatter you in the name of... That's what you're doing. And then somehow, unexplainably, it just scatters. Yeah, you prayed it out. Amen. Yeah, and sometimes too, because it's God's will... And you're just praying in tongues about it. Let me tell you something. If you pray a lot in tongues, it is difficult for you not to be in the perfect will of God in your life. It's difficult. It's close to impossible. If you pray a lot in tongues, and I'm talking about you have a, a heart that is yielded to God, and you spend a lot of time praying in tongues, you will 
both consciously and unconsciously, pray yourself into God's will. You know, there are some times we are consciously led. You know, there are just some other times too, we are unconsciously led. You weren't conscious of a leading directly, but you just discover that, eh, and I just was in that house at that time. Eh, eh, and I just thought about calling that person at that time. Eh, and this other person just came in at that time. Eh, nothing is just, it's just, there's no just in any of it. You must have prayed it out. Amen. Or somebody prayed it out. So by praying in the spirit, by praying in other tongues, we're able to pray in line with the perfect will of God so that his will comes to pass in our lives. In Colossians 4.12, the Bible talks about Epaphras. The Bible says Epaphras, who's one of you, labors for you fervently in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. The word labor there is the word agonizomai. And it denotes someone who is putting off strenuous effort as in agony. Now, if Epaphras was laboring fervently in prayer, was putting up strenuous effort, wrestling somewhat, who was he wrestling with? Was he God? No, it wasn't God. God wants his will to be done. But you see, there's a devil out there, the enemy of all righteousness, who doesn't want the plan and the purpose of God to come to pass. You know, sometimes some people think that just knowing that something is God's will for their life is enough. Let me tell you something. Something can be God's will and it won't happen. It can be God's will and it will not happen. It can be God's plan and it will not happen. I'll give you an example. Are there some people in hell today? Yes. Is it God's will? No. Is it God's will for everybody to be saved? Yes. Is everybody saved? No. So the fact that something is God's will doesn't mean it will happen. Man needs to cooperate with God to enforce his will on the earth. And that's why it's important to pray. You know, some, sometimes some people think, eh, whatever, I know God will work whatever is his will out. God won't work it out. You better go and work it out in prayer. Pray it out. And then sometimes we think that just knowing what God wants us to do is all. Yeah, it's good to know what God wants you to do. But you see, you will also need to pray it out. Sometimes there are things that involve the plan of God for your life that do not only involve you. They may involve government policies. They may involve other people. Usually, it always involves other people. They may involve policies, systems, organizations. They may involve your boss. They may involve your subordinate. They may involve somebody giving an order, somebody making a rule, somebody changing a policy. There are things like that. And that's why it's important to pray in tongues a lot. So we're able to divinely midwife the plan of God for our lives, for the nation, for the body of Christ. Amen. For the earth. Helps us to pray out the perfect will of God, the perfect plan of God. Amen. When we pray in other tongues. So that's a fourth benefit of praying in tongues. A fifth one, which I talked about the last time. Jude 20 says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, praying in the Holy Ghost will not give you faith. Notice Jude 20 doesn't say, building up your faith. No, praying in tongues doesn't build up your faith. What builds up our faith is God's word. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The only way in which praying in tongues may build your faith is that sometimes when you're praying in tongues, God speaks a word to your heart. That word, you see, God's word, either primarily the written word, but also a word God speaks to your spirit 
will always produce faith. So if you're praying in tongues and you hear a word from God, then that will build your faith. So praying in tongues doesn't build your faith. It's the word of God, primarily the written word of God, feeding on it and practicing it that builds our faith. However, praying in tongues stimulates our faith. Sometimes, it's not that some people don't know what the word of God says. It's not that they don't have strong faith. But you see, sometimes we need a little push to act on what we know. We need a little stimulant. Amen. And thank God we can stay high on the most high. Praying in the Holy Ghost. It will stimulate our faith. It will give our faith the extra boost. You know, you're standing your ground concerning a situation. You've been speaking God's word. You've been speaking God's word, believing God, praising God for the answer, meditating on the scriptures that cover your case. And sometimes after a while, you start feeling weary and you start feeling like quitting. Listen, pray some in tongues. It'll give your faith some stimulant. It'll give your faith a boost, the extra boost that it needs in that situation. Amen. So it stimulates our faith. That's the fifth benefit of praying in tongues. Now, number six, sixth purpose or benefit of speaking in tongues is that it helps us prevent worldly contamination. It helps us prevent worldly contamination. What do I mean by that? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 28, the Bible says, but if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. And let him speak to himself and to God. Now, to get the context of that, verse 27 says, If any speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or the most by three, and that by course. And let one interpret. 28 now says, But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. So you can silently, that's what I do a lot. I just silently, by myself, if you are close around me, you won't even hear. You know, because I'm just praying by myself, quietly. Amen to God. Now, if you can pray silently like that in church, you can pray silently like that eh, on the plane. Now, you don't want to do it in a way that they think a screw is missing in your head. Hmm? You'll be a public embarrassment. You don't want to do that. You know, but you can silently pray to yourself. Sometimes you, you, you go to the Baba's shop like I need to visit soon, maybe today or tomorrow and then, eh, you know, all those there are things that they show you know, all those, their music is as if that's what they show. And you know, it's not my shop. And I may not be the only one that's babbing. I don't have a right to tell them, off that TV. You know, what if someone else is watching it? I'm just one person. You know, at the worst, they will lose me as a customer. If most other customers like it, they will do what most people like. They're there to make money to get more customers. So you don't have, you may not be able to get them to off it, except you're the only one who's there at that time and all that, you know, and they'll listen to you. But you know something? You can switch off and begin to pray quietly in tongues. You know, there's a lot of contaminating influence around us. We know that evil communications corrupt good manners. You know, you go to some houses, you go to visit, you see the kind of pictures they put, you know, uh, the kind of things they talk about, the kind of jokes. Sometimes you're in an official meeting, of course, not in Rema, but an official meeting somewhere, a meeting with some people, and the kind of lifestyle that they have, some of them with the kind of spirits that they came with, 
that are around their life, some the kind of influences that are about them, the kind of devils that have been pursuing them. You know, some of them just the fact that they are highly developed in walking in the flesh. And you get around those people. Now, you know, the Bible teaches separation from the world. It doesn't teach segregation. We are the salt of the earth, right? If we segregate and we don't want to mix at all, how is the salt going to be applied to the meat that it wants to salt and preserve? So we need to be applied to the world. We have to relate to them. We may not be best of friends with them. We may not hang around them and they hang around us, but we're in some contact with them. But you see, praying in tongues can help us Keep free from being contaminated. There's a lot of contaminating influence, fleshly influence. You know, you go to some places, maybe they are just playing one song, playing one song, one stupid devil song, you know, and then you leave the place uh, and you get home and you're trying to sleep in the night and the song starts playing back in your mind. The song starts playing back in your mind. Sometimes you even catch yourself, you start singing, it. Is it, where did that come from? It's where you have been. It's where you have been. So it's rubbing off on you somewhat. But you see, when you pray in other tongues, you can keep those influences away. You can keep those influences away. It keeps us free from being contaminated by the world around us. Amen. By all kinds of horrible influences that we are in contact with on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Some of the children of the devil... When you see the way some of them act, you'll have thought that Charles Darwin was right when he said we came from monkeys. You know, because that's how they behave, some of them. You know, bless their darling hearts and stupid heads. Well, you see, we can pray in other tongues. And by praying in tongues, it'll just protect us so that we are not contaminated and affected by those evil influences around us. A seventh purpose of speaking in tongues, which is closely related to the fourth that I mentioned today is this from Romans 8, 26 and 27, where the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, that is, inarticulate speech, which will include tongues. 28 says, But he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, for he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Another purpose of praying in other tongues is that we're able to pray for the unknown. We're able to pray for the unknown. There are things you don't know about. Your head is limited. People who don't pray in tongues, they short circuit themselves. Big time. There are things you don't know about. There are things you have no idea of. One time, I was just stirred in prayer. This was in the early 80s, early stroke, mid 80s. You know, some... It should have been somewhere around 84. I was just stirred to pray in tongues. My elder sister actually was very sick at that time. While I was praying, I began to have a sensing that it had to do with her. But I didn't know what about her it had to do with. So I took time to pray. My sister was deathly sick. But she was miraculously healed. Amen. One other time, I went to sleep. And then um, just in the middle of the night, I was awakened. And I had a sense of danger. And I had the sense that it was a family member. That somebody's life, physical life was in danger. So I said, Lord, someone's life is in danger. I sense it. I know on the inside of me. And it's a fam family member of mine. I don't know who it is. Spirit of God, you know who. You are in me as well as everywhere. I trust you to give me utterance to pray about this situation 
that needs to be prayed out right now in Jesus' name. And I began to pray in tongues, just quietly lying down in bed, middle of the night. After maybe like 45 minutes, the burden lifted. So I knew whoever it was I was praying for, I prayed it out. And when the burden lifts like that, sometimes you start singing in other tongues. Not like you planned it. A song, just you were praying and suddenly you just burst out singing in tongues. And sometimes you just start laughing in the spirit. Amen. And sometimes what happens is like, it's like there was a weight, a load on you. And it just feels in your spirit as though that weight was taken off. Then you prayed it through. You've got the answer. Anytime you have a burden to pray like that, keep praying until the burden lifts. Keep praying until the burden lifts. If you stop praying before you've prayed it through, you haven't fixed the issue. The problem is still there. But keep praying until the burden lifts. Well, I prayed like that. The burden lifted. So I went back to sleep. Well, what I didn't know was that my mother had surgery the next day. And um, for some reason, she was walking in the theater. She was the senior matron in charge of the theaters at that time in UCH. So she was with her people, her nurses, subordinates. And um, they finished the, the procedure and her heart just stopped beating. Yeah, she was gone. Heart rate, pew, gone. They, they told themselves, they said, look, we've, she's died right on our hands. You know, so they were troubled. They were really confused. When supernaturally, unexplainably, she came back to, yeah, my mom is still alive today. She's 83. Hmm? I went that day, later in the night, the next day, I was with my dad, went to see the doctor. So the doctor was now telling my dad, he said, you know, we almost lost her today. When he said that, on the inside of me, I heard these words. That was what you were praying about early this morning. If you hadn't prayed, she would have died. And died for God. So you see, how many things could we have averted? I believe a whole lot more. You know, eh? Jesus said, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer. You know, it's interesting. They say house of, of the word. Yes, we ought to put the word first. But the Bible calls us a house of prayer. And remember, collectively we are God's house. As well as individually we are God's house. So you should be a prayer temple. We should be a praying body. There's a whole lot a whole lot to do with the purpose of God, to do with things that we don't know about that we can avert. Then, I also know something. As a body, if we will love, walk in love some more towards each other, hmm? and we will um, pray some more, you know, you know God can alert different ones among us when someone is in trouble. You may not know who. You may not know what it is you're praying for. One day the Lord said to me, he said, You'll never know the full extent of your praying until you get over into heaven, until eternity. You won't know the things you prayed out, the things you've averted, lives that have been impacted, things that have been changed, things that were meant to happen that didn't happen. Amen. Let's spend more time praying in other tongues. We're able to pray for the unknown, things our natural minds do not know about. Praise God. That's another benefit. Then number eight. An eighth benefit of speaking in tongues is that it's a rest and a refreshing. It's a rest and a refreshing. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28. You know, some people call it Isaiah. You know? Isaiah 28. Verses 11 and 12. 
The Bible says, for with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to these people? To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they will not hear. Now, in case you are not sure what that passage is referring to, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 21, 1 Corinthians 14, 21, it says, in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto these people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Now, if you, the, the verse that precedes that, verse 22 says, wherefore tongues are for a sign. So he's talking about tongues. That's clear. That is tongues. That, that Isaiah 28, 11 and 12 is talking about tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 21 lets us know that. It's talking about praying in tongues. And the Bible calls it a rest. It calls it a refreshing. You know, sometimes people, you know, need a vacation. I can tell you one you can have every day. You can live on vacation. You can live your life on vacation every time. You know, sometimes you go on vacation, you come back, and it's good to go on vacation. We need to sometimes just shut down and go on vacation. But sometimes you go on some vacations and it was like you did more work in the vacation than the one you were doing before and you were trying to get out of work. And sometimes, you know, there's just perplexity, turmoil, anxiety, stress. If it's not COVID news, it's about Afghanistan. If it's not Afghanistan, it's about some children in the school. If it's not children in a school, it's about, you know, all kinds of things in this world, in this life that are going on that can keep you on a perpetual, you're just on your toes. As you're trying to make ends meet, trying to earn income, you're trying to keep body and soul together, you're trying to, you know, uh, uh, pay attention to your family, you're trying to not neglect uh, your work, you're trying to also have time with God, then you're rushing to beat traffic, and then you're talking about servicing your car, all kinds of things, you know, that you can lose your mind if you're not careful. Pressures that come on us mentally, pressures that come on us physically. Sometimes you're just, you, you just, you're just worn out. Have you ever gone to sleep before? You woke up in the morning and it was like, you're tired. And he's like, sure? I'll tell you one secret. Spend more time praying in tongues. It's a rest. It's a refreshing. Remember the advert of 7-Up? You know, so refreshing. I'll tell you, this is the real refreshing. 7-Up may refresh you, naturally speaking, and maybe pump some sugar in your system. But this one, won't pump any sugar into your system. will give you a real rest a real refreshing, and your spirit will be rested. Your mind will be rested. Even your body will be rested. One thing I do, if my schedule starts get, getting crazy busy, I start praying a little more in tongues because it, it keeps me a bit rested. Amen. My body even gives me some extra rest, some extra refreshing. Rest my mind, rests my spirit. Of course, we need to also take rest in the natural, right? We need to sleep you know, we need to rest ourselves. But also, we can take advantage of this rest cure. Amen. Every single day. Every single day. Just go on your spiritual vacation. You're driving to work, just talking tongues. Amen. You're going back home after work, just talking tongues. It's a rest. Amen. It's a refreshing. It's a refreshing. Well, 
A ninth benefit of speaking in tongues, obviously I'm not going to finish today and it's okay. A ninth benefit of speaking in tongues is this. It helps us to give thanks well. It helps us to give thanks well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verses 16 and 17, the Bible says, Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou seest? The Bible says, For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. Amen. So when we pray in other tongues, we're giving thanks well. Have you ever tried to worship God in your understanding? And you said, oh God, you're just such a good father. You're loving, you're gracious, you're benevolent, you're kind, you're merciful, you're long-suffering, you're faithful, you are full of integrity, you are a good God, you are a wonderful father, you are, you are, you are, and you run out of adjectives. Have you ever tried to praise God before? And you did your very best praising God. But you le left the place still feeling cheated. As though you actually were not able to express yourself the way you want to God. Thank God we can pray in tongues. We can give thanks well. We can give thanks well. And you know, you can sing the thanksgiving in tongues. You can also pray the thanksgiving in tongues. Amen. And give thanks well. Acts 10.46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. From God's perspective, it can't be magnified. To magnify means to make bigger. You can't make God any bigger than he is. He's the almighty. But you see, God can be bigger to me. God can be bigger in me. God can be bigger through me. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for this extra source of power that makes God bigger in us. You know, as a believer, there could be tests and trials you face. You stand on God's word. You overcome them. There are some of them, you almost just seem to escape with the skin of your teeth. Yeah, temptations, challenges. And it was just like, ah, ah, Uri, you're me. Like, God, save me. Kasala, don't go, 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 for don't bust. You know, have you been in situations like that? And it was like, sure. Ah, and I've been just standing my ground and it was just like, I just felt like quitting. Ah, but there was just this, I just managed to succeed. I just managed to overcome that temptation. Let me tell you something. If you take advantage of this extra source of power and pray in other tongues regularly, you'll discover that certain things that you just struggle to overcome, they'll become a walkover. And the time will come, it'll be like, was that even a challenge? It's not a challenge anymore. Let challenges come. That one is not a challenge, isn't it? What has happened? God has become bigger in you. Amen. We can give thanks well. We can give thanks well. We can praise tongues. We can worship in other tongues. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.